Look at myself in the mirror and say, I am enough. I oh, tell yes. myself three times in the morning. Once I, I look at myself, I'm like, I am enough. I am enough. Mm. And that's it. Hi there, my pretty people, and welcome to another episode of the Pretty Big Life podcast. I'm your host, Fulafella Maseko, and this week we are joined by such an incredible and wonderful young woman. But before I fully introduce her to you guys, I would like to remind our listeners, old and new, to not forget to follow all of our social media pages. We just created a Facebook page for the podcast, which I will add on the show notes. So just click on the link, like, and follow so that we can continue growing our community. Now let's go back to this week's episode. Today we are joined by the incredible Kalina Powell. Kalina is a young entrepreneur who loves to help people with their personal growth and educate others about the deaf community. Little do people know that Kalina is actually a hard of hearing person. She became deaf at the age of four. But she recently graduated with a psychology degree and is now starting her own online coaching business while launching her book. Today we have an author, we have an entrepreneur and we have a young psychology graduate. I'm so excited about this episode and I do hope that you enjoy it and you learn from it as well as learn from her story. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Pretty Big Life, Kalina. We finally get to have this conversation with you. Yeah, I'm happy to be here and I'm super excited to talk to all of you. Wow, I feel like your story is so powerful and it's worth um, everybody hearing about it and learning because I feel like you have a lot to offer and, you know, there are lessons that we all can learn from you. So. You are a psychologist and an author, amongst other things. So may you please tell us more about your journey? Definitely. Um, so um, a little bit of correction. So I'm not a psychologist yet. I graduated uh, from a psychology degree. Okay. And I'm a mental health coach instead of being a psychologist. And, okay. um, and I'm also um, an advocate for the deaf community. Uh, a little okay. deeper now. I am a deaf person. I became deaf at the age of four due to an infection. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, I had an eardrop, eardrop that prescribed to me to the daycare. Mm-hmm. However, um, the daycare didn't follow the instructions. That same day, I became deaf. Yeah, uh, it was just yeah, wow. the same day. Yeah, it was just very crazy because no one expected that. And they were like, what? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. So that's how I really became deaf. At the age of four, mm-hmm. and I was confused. I was like, why this happened to me? Why can I hear? Mm. And at the time, um, the tool for help you hear, which is called hearing aids, yeah. it was super expensive. They're like $2,000 each year. Yeah. And so that's literally like your medical bills is expensive. It is. And yeah, it was really bad. And my mom was a young mom. My mom was only like 19, 20 when she had me. Mm. And so it was definitely a really big challenge for her. And she didn't know what to do. But luckily, you know, I had my grandma. She was the nurse at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was really grateful for her because she knew what she was doing off the bat. And she was just amazing with me. Um, and so when I got older, I actually was split into two schools. So one for the deaf school and one for the hearing school. Okay. Um, so the deaf school, I was very comfortable learning ASL or BSL. 
and yeah. um, and then I went to the hearing school. I had to advocate for myself. I had to teach teacher how to be a teacher, and wow. I was bullied a lot of time. Yeah, I was bullied a lot of time, and you know, teacher didn't even do anything in the hearing school. They were not supportive of me at all. They didn't mm-hmm. know what to do. They never came across the deaf student. However, I did have support from the deaf school where they come to my hearing school. And mm-hmm. provide support and give suggestions around the classroom and the microphone to help me here in the classroom. But very unfortunate, it didn't work out. And it just, it just sucks. Um, and, you know, obviously being bullied was definitely really the type of thing of my journey because I didn't know how to be myself in the hearing community. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't have anyone to talk to. And, and that's why I became a mentor. Sorry. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Mm. It was very difficult. Yeah. And that's why um, I became a coach, basically, just to help people who are deaf, who interested, and not just who are interested, but those who aren't surround themselves around the hearing community, because yeah. hearing community is big, right? Everybody's hearing, yeah. you know? There's yeah. very few of us that are deaf. You know, yeah. it is very unfortunate. Yeah. And that's why I became a coach because I really want to help people who are deaf to let them know that yes, we've been bullied so many times in the hand school, but that does not mean that we still can't achieve what we want to achieve. If I can mm. achieve those goals that I have, you can achieve it too. But it may take mm. you longer to get there. And that was something I struggled a lot when I was in high school and university, that it may take me longer to get there because of my needs. And everybody's yeah. needs are very different. Yeah, and, that's true. Right. And mm-hmm. the part where I was in high school, I got a little bit better. I was basically a lot better with, you know, socializing with the hand school. I actually went to the hand school fully. I never went to the deaf school in high school. Um, mm-hmm. So I went to the hand school completely. And it got better. It was an amazing experience. Um, however, I did have a few challenges, you know, a few bullies and people with the cleanest thing she done with that. <laughs> and, <laughs> It's because I built my confidence in high school a lot more, and I was more like out there. And my yeah. dad was so much. <laughs> it was good. Like it was really good. Like it was, it was you know, it was a good boost for me. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was amazing. And then until that one hip teacher, um, she was, she was my guiding counselor actually, and. She forgot, supposedly forgot that I had two last names. My last name are half related. So I have okay. I go by one last name. Okay. And she she's I applied for college and university. I received a phone call or a letter mm-hmm. in the mail saying that I didn't get accepted because my grades are not in. What the hell? My grades are not, not in about. Yeah, wow. I went back to school the next day and I went to my garden center and you know what she said oh I forgot I think you should reconsider your career path oh I, 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 I was yeah oh my I was god crazy. yeah that broke I started crying I mean you made me lose the greatest opportunity that is so cool and yeah and because she thought I was not capable of doing that so she decided to make that decision for you that you know what you are not um, in the position to actually strive for what you or rather achieve your goals or you know fight for them that is so cruel yes yeah yeah I was hurt I was so desperate because now you made me hold back on my dream yeah and I'm telling me to change my whole career path that I want to achieve 
ayan, I ended up staying back at the high school for another semester or another year to mm. pull off my grades and everything. Finally, I got accepted to my university that I wanted to get into. And, you know, I was proud of myself, but I never told I got into it at all. I just walked out of that school and whatever. Yeah. I did what I had to do. And, um, you know, I never turned back ever since at the high school until recently I actually went there to visit because the social work wanted me to speak for the program over there. And mm. so the social work had no idea what happened between me and my guys. So I was like, yeah. and so I ended up telling her what happened. So she's like, I think you should face your fear and go see her because yes. down the street mm. and I was shaking I was crying because I'm, I wasn't crying but like happy cheer that I proved her wrong and I was like you know what okay let me just go and just see and show her that she was wrong hmm yeah and that you exactly. went for it and you got yeah. it <laughs> And I told her, like, okay, can you call me to tell her? Because I can't go by myself. So she's like, let me clean her. I'm like, no. <laughs> she's like, you're the most outspoken person that I ever know. And I'm yeah. like, oh, like, oh, shit. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I went in there and I and she knocked on the door. She um, said, hi, this is Kalina. And she went by my government name. And uh, she's like, oh, my God. Like, and she was shocked. And when I tell everybody, she was shocked and speechless. And she was like, what are you doing here? And they told the work, oh, I want Selena to be the speaker for our students here. Yeah. Her face like, a speaker? And I was like, yeah, a speaker. And she's like, I mean, sit down. Can you tell me what you've been up to? And so we were talking and she, um, she's like, what are you doing? Tell me, you know, and I said, yeah, I have a book coming out. I have a book coming out. I have this coming out. And she was like, and she was just mind blowing. Like she was just like, her face would drop up every it was second. Face drop. Mm. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she was just, and she just, she almost, you could tell when someone felt like shit for treating you that way. Mm-hmm. And I can just see in her eyes, and she was like, and she knew mm-hmm. that means she said, when you left, uh, she had a student that was deaf the following year. And she said, mm. I learned that not to do the same thing that I did to you to the same student. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she shouldn't have like, put herself in that position. And you also, you know, because like you are the student, you are young, um, you are vulnerable, you needed her and her support. But, you know, I don't think such situations are just bizarre, honestly. I feel like she should have known as an adult to act in a certain way um, based on, you know, the needs of, you know, students. Exactly, exactly. It was very hard. And um, so, and I told her everything and she was just super happy for me. And she told me the story with the other deaf students and mm. I told her straight up and I said, listen, what you did to me was wrong, but please don't mm. do it to other students. Mm. Because believe me when I tell you, that's their life. You're not their mom. Yeah. You're not their mom. All you do is support and that's it. Mm. And yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So um, with the lack of support, right, and the bullying that you faced with, um, you know, the infection and you being deaf, it started at four years old, right? But you had to, yes. you know, 
So how did that, um, how did you losing your hearing affect how you, show, you showed up for yourself? Um, so and how you saw yourself? I was, so basically how I became deaf, how I knew I was deaf was when I actually came home, I was watching TV. And mm. I didn't realize the TV was loud. I didn't realize until my mom tapped my shoulder and I dropped it. And she's like, did you not hear me? And I looked at her and I'm like, I can't hear. And my mom's like, what? But you can hear the TV. Mm. And then so I was like, the TV's loud. But I couldn't hear her. And my mom looked at me like, okay. And then she looked instantly called my grandma because my grandma's a nurse. And yeah. so my grandma tried to talk me on the phone. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm very familiar familiar with my grandma's voice, very, very familiar. I couldn't hear her. I'm like, I can't hear. And my mom said, what? And my mom was like, so confused. And she was young. She was like, what the hell is happening to my child? Mm. And my grandma rushed from the hospital. My grandma did some assessment. I don't know what she did. But mm. right there, my grandma already knew I was deaf. She said she does. Like, what the heck happened? And so my grandma called my family doctor. The very next day, said, hey, like, me and Kalina need to come in. She lost her hand. Like, and then my doctor said, what? Okay, bring her in ASAP. So like my doctor, my, God, my doctor and my grandma did some testing. And then they brought, brought the news to my mom and said, Kalina stuff. So mm. that's basically how I found out that I was dead. So how did you become um, the person that you were? Um, comparing the person that you were and the person that you are right now how did you get to that point of being you know confident and you know deciding that you know what I have dreams um, I know that it will take me longer than everybody else but I will still get mine how did you get to the Kalina that we know today I would just say I literally it took me years I told everybody, like, being deaf in the hand community is not easy. Like, it's so difficult because I had to figure out ways to communicate. Communication yeah. is a big thing for me. Yeah. And I have to hear sometimes harder than anybody else. I have to mm. make sure that I'm reading the lips. I read lips so I can see the full sentence. Yeah. And, um, had amazing support system I have with my family, my friends. I have the amazing people. All these people cheer me on. They keep encouraging me. They keep telling me, don't let that one person, just like my guiding counselor, affect my life, my future, my decision. And so without my grandma's support and my aunt and my mom, Mm. I wouldn't be here where I am. I would have been stuck in the hole. But they keep pulling me up, you know. They keep pulling me up consistent when I was younger. They always tell me, stand up for yourself, stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And my family had a really serious conversation with me when I was 15 and 16. I said, you, are, you will struggle in the future. But that doesn't mean you can't do it. Yeah. It may take oh, you yeah. longer. Oh, take yeah. you longer. But my family will always have my back. If it wasn't for their support system and the positive energy I had around them, especially my friends too. My friends always stand up for me wherever I go. I know I, I can rely that. on them too. Yeah, they're always, <laughs> even when I go to, even when I go to the club, for example, the first time I went to the club, I was like, no, I don't want to do club because it was too loud, right? And yeah. my friends said, no, like, come, come on. And then you are dancing, Kalina, come stop this. I'm like, oh, fine, I'll go. And <laughs> I was on the dance floor and I was having, I was doing my best life. 
Yes, music was loud. I couldn't really hear people, but I had to call people like type on the phone so I yeah. could hear what they're saying. But people really were commenting a lot at the club. I'm like, okay, so fine. Okay, here, here, here. It was very cute. Um, even if my phone was out, I would like, we would go back and forth typing what we were saying. Um, and I always tell people, like, it's too loud in here. I cannot hear you. But mm. everybody was very nice at the club. And, you know, I was just, yeah. So it was really, um, yeah, they're very odd. There's some people that are really too understanding, but there's some people that are ignorant as hell and they don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like for me, honestly, it's the support system I had, and you know, I would constantly advocate for myself, not to choose being comfortable in my skin with something I have to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not mm-hmm. comfortable in your own skin, you won't get far, you won't get That's far. So you need to, oh my god, yeah, like you need to be comfortable in your skin. If you're not comfortable in your skin, you will not, you won't know one, how you're going to get there. Two, how are you supposed to know, right? How are you supposed to come out of your comfort zone if you're not comfortable with your own skin? Mm-hmm. And I always coach people that be comfortable. If you cannot be comfortable, you're not going to get anywhere. Oh, yes. Be honest with yourself. Always oh, be honest. Yes. And that's another thing, too, a lot of people don't want to do be honest with themselves and say, you know what? Yes. I need help, but I can't get there. Mm. No, it's negative mindset. Mm. And you have to flip that in the positive side and say, you know what? If I'm not comfortable with this, what am I good at? What am I comfortable with? Yes. Look at that aspect. A lot of mm. people have a difficult time shifting their mindset sometimes to be in their comfortable skin. And that's the most important. Mm. That's so powerful. That is wow. <laughs> wow. I feel like. You have been through so much and faced so much adversity, but you always found a way to live your life to the fullest, you know. And the mindset thing that you mentioned, it's something that most of us are are struggling with, you know, because some of us are not are not going through what you are going through. We haven't, Mm -hmm. you know, we are capable people, but we still have that mindset that I can't, I can't, I can't. And, you know, we just have to go back to the point or the, 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 the mindset of if he can do it, if she can do it, why can't I, you know? That's like a, a very powerful mindset to have. And I think you are such an inspiration, like... <laughs> You just, yeah, <laughs> I'm just at all. I'm honestly at all. So um, you're an author. Um, your book is already released, right? Tell us yeah, more about that. Tell us more about yeah. that. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, so my book is called Every Day I Am Just Death. It's on Amazon, okay. so anybody can find it there. It's okay. mixed with poetry and biography book. It's very beautiful. It's only 94 pages. Nothing too long, guys. I know some people are like, eh, I don't want to read a book. No, I don't like reading books myself, so don't worry. Um, so I just, yeah, my book is pretty sure, straightforward. It's really about yeah. me being that, having okay. that, allowing the hand community to get the understanding perspective of what it's like to be hmm. that. So that they understand why are we having a hard time the way we're here? Why, mm. What do they can do better to accommodate us while we're with them? Mm. So 
um, tell us more about the process of writing the book. How did um, you get into a point of deciding that, okay, you want to write a book about the journey that you have been facing? How did that entire process help you heal from um, all the traumas and, you know, the lack of support, the bullying that you had faced in the past? I would say that, honestly, it helped my path really helped me a lot to get to my mm. present. Mm. It took me years to heal. I had mm. to stop watching certain people. I had to cut off a lot of friends. I mm. had to be able to be by myself for a little bit. And not like, oh my God, like, no, I don't want to come. No, I mean, be alone for three minutes. Be alone for yeah. two days. Yeah. That's what I meant. To really plug out everything to really heal. I did a lot of counseling at the time when I was in high school. Um, okay. Especially when I was in, in university, I did a few counseling. Um, you know, it's nothing like a diagnosed or anything. I just have someone to talk to. And I was watching a lot of death shows, a lot of death TV shows to really tease me. Um, for example, the show called Switch at Birth was the perfect example of my lifestyle. It was exactly yeah. what I was going through in my life. And yeah. ever since my mom told me about the show, like, oh my God, there's a death show for you. And my child, there's a death <laughs> show? I didn't know that. I was watching the old death show, but yeah. it kept and I was watching it and it really gave me a lot of tips and tools and gave me skills that I can wait to heal from everything I went through. Mm-hmm. And I well, I built up a really good relationship with my audiologist to really okay. help me how to understand my hearing. Because if you can't mm-hmm. understand that one thing that's impacting you or, you know, you have to understand it in order to heal. Because if you, for example, if you have a brain injury, how are you supposed mm-hmm. to hear from the brain injury if you don't know what triggered you while you're on the real world? How would you mm-hmm. know? How are you supposed to heal? Right? You have to understand what is affecting you in your body. For me, yeah. I have to understand my hearing to heal. If I didn't have no idea what my hearing was and what was the cause of it, if it wasn't the level hearing I could understand, all that yada yada, yada mm-hmm. I would not heal. And that's the most important thing. You have to specifically study that one thing that you're affecting you, especially your path. My hearing loss mm. was my path. But you have so to facing, study and hear that. Yeah. Mm. So facing your triggers and being more self-conscious about, you know, exactly. what gets you to a certain point will help you heal. I was really working really well with my audiologist. Um, mm. understanding the tools that I can use. So for example, the microphone in my room or uh, my cell phone, like the Bluetooth. Mm. And as well, participating in community groups where mm. I was able to meet other deaf people. And I feel like once you find your community, the more confidence you have within yourself to learn about other people's stories that relate to you. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. It's triggering, but... You know, at the end of the day, knowing something that triggers you, you have, you learn how to control it and manage it better, you know, because if you don't know, then as you said, if you don't know, how do you even start? How do you even start um, learning how to heal something that you haven't even, you know, studied? Um, 
I just want to get into your morning routine. I'm just curious about your morning routine for a little bit. And I think it might be a bit personal for you, but um, what do your daily um, affirmation look like? Affirmations, what do they look like? What do you tell yourself each morning when you wake up to remind you about uh, your purpose and, you know, everything? Um, so my morning routine is basically before I wake up, before I look at anything, my mm. hearing is out, so I'm mute from the world, completely mute. Before so without I, before it, I even touch. Mm. yeah, without it, I'm laying down in bed for five minutes before I look at my phone before I check my hearing because mm. I love being peace. I go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, look at myself in the mirror, and say I am enough. I oh, tell yes. myself three times in the morning. Once I, I look at myself, like, I am enough, I am enough. Mm. And that's it. That's how my morning routine is. You just made me speechless. <laughs> oh! I was just like, okay, okay. Um, that is so sweet, simple, and it's, it's like the most powerful thing that anyone can say to themselves, like, I am enough. You know, and I feel like that alone takes away um, the need for um, validation from other people, you know, knowing that, you know what, um, I have my flaws, but I am still enough. I have me. I can do this. I am like a boss babe. I'm everything that I need. I am enough. That's powerful. It is powerful. It is. I know some people, I suggested my client one time and I said, in your bathroom mirror, Take a baby photo of yourself. Put it in the mirror. Mm. Keep it on your mirror and look at that baby. What are you going to tell your baby stuff? I am enough. Mm. Instantly, her mind just twitch. She said, I'm going to be kind to myself. And you look at oh. your baby virgin. You look at it. You're like, oh my oh. God, I'm so mean to myself. And you instantly yeah. think like, that's how you go about your day. Before you even mm. start your day, you look at your baby self and you're like, I'm going to have a good day today because you deserve it. And you point, but the baby, but you're pointing at yourself and you don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. And you're subconsciously um, healing your inner child as well, you know, by exactly. talking to that baby version of, of yourself, you know. But um, since, do you only work with um, deaf people with your um coaching business um no i actually i have open doors for other people as well i know a lot of people uh, hear my story and they're like can yeah you, can you coach me i know you only coach that before <laughs> i am absolutely open for anybody else too okay so how do you advise individuals that think that um having a disability is um an obstacle to success um i always watch them through their disability understand the disability that's the first thing I do I help mm. them understand it because mm. I feel like a lot of times with people who have disabilities they do not understand their needs it's very important mm. to understand so I always tell them what is it you have what is it something that you can't do and can do with your disability so mm. I make them map it out just think visually write it down don't just stay in your head but I feel like if you visually see it on paper I'm like oh I can do what I can't do. And you're, and you're more aware because you wrote it down. Like, yeah. And, and they're like, oh, clean, I can do this. I said, thank you. What's stopping you? 
said, oh my God. So once you compare the difference, it will make a difference in how you think and how you can just see and whatever you want to do. And mm-hmm. that's how I work with them in terms of the mindset, because mindset is super important. And as well, I recommend them different books, tools. I even give them, you know, activities to do for during while they're home. Activity like, for example, could be um, a behavior um, type behavior worksheet where they can do activities around the house, something that they can do to improve the confidence yeah. before they get before they stepped out of the real world, where they can practice the thing that they are working on in the home without feeling uncomfortable before mm-hmm. they step outside. Like, um, I don't know, like your story is just so fascinating. And I'm just, honestly, I just love you. I love you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love you right now because I'm learning so much from you. And I feel like, it's something that your story is something that everybody is one that everybody should know and hear about, you know, because yeah. it's, it's amazing how you went from literally finding out at a very young age that you were deaf to learning how to live with that disability and not allowing it to um, define you, you know, not allowing it to define you and actually getting out of that comfort zone and being an activist for other people and having you know support groups created for other people that are in need you know I think it's a very powerful story it's a very powerful story and since you were talking about um speaking to your inner child is there anything apart from you telling her that she is enough is there any other thing that you could tell your younger self today if you were to go back um, I just say that everything will be okay. Everything will mm. be okay. That's the one thing I would tell my younger girl. Everything will be okay. All the bullying, all the teacher disrespect. I would continue advocating for myself, making fun, you know, and it will be okay. That's the one thing I would tell myself. It will be okay. Yeah, and it is. Not saying that it's easier, but, you know, we are okay. Exactly. Oh man, I loved I loved having you here. I loved having you join us in this episode. I'm just so honored. I'm Thank just you so for honored. having me. <laughs> Before we leave, um, where can our listeners find you? Do you have like um a Facebook account? I know that you have a Facebook account. Do you have Instagram, Twitter, you know, YouTube channels, everything? Where can they find you? Okay. So I have a lot of social media. So Twitter okay. is Cutie Kalina. And then Instagram is Death Queen Boss. And okay. uh, no, wait, I think I think my Instagram uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Instagram is Death Queen Boss. And okay. I have a website which is Kalina Empowerment for those who are interested in my coaching packages. I'm really curious to know how do I coach. It's all on the website. Mm-hmm. As well, I do have a YouTube channel. It's Death Queen Bot as well. I am a little bit slow on my YouTube channel, but I'm trying to get back on it. So that's okay. about me. Oh, and also too, I do have a TikTok. It's Death Queen Bot as well. Okay. You have a lot of social media, huh? Yeah, I do. <laughs> but I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, do make sure to follow her and check out her website, her 
youtube channel i feel like yeah you do create some great content and you know that is some great content that you know everybody should hear but thank you so much for joining us once again no problem thank you thank you so much for joining this week's episode of the pretty big life podcast i hope that you guys enjoyed it and i hope that you learned um from it and you are inspired by cleaner's story um thank you for joining yet another episode and continuing to support our show by sharing liking and rating the show please do not forget to follow our social media pages i love you guys so much enjoy the rest of the week bye